And I am Aware Now. Aware Now, the official platform for causes. Tune in and turn it up as we raise awareness one story at a time for the causes that tie us all together. In partnership with Connect TV, this is a Connect Now production. Exclusive interview with Shaman Durek. The Shaman Life. Shaman Durek and his life of spiritual service. Through his no-nonsense teachings, Shaman Durek demystifies spirituality by making it attainable and understandable for not only the layman, but also for the more spiritually advanced and everyone in between. Shaman Durek is redefining what wellness means by putting the power back into the hands of the people so that they may live consciously, authentically, and in alignment. The healing that you do is ineffable. I have no other words to explain it. As a personal recipient of your work, I can say it surpasses what vocabulary has the means to convey. However, if there were words to use, Shaman Durek, how would you define your work? I, I define the work that I do as an instrument of, of development because it's never the same. It's always changing. As I evolve, the work evolves, right? And I'm going to say the, the understanding of what I do is both kinetic as well as visual and as well as integrative of both the understanding of old world brought into a more modern context, but also with a futuristic understanding of where we're heading in our evolution, right? So being able to understand, uh, help people understand frequencies, understanding the development of energies and how they connect and, and what types of energies can connect and which ones don't, actually is what allows the body to be able to heal. A lot of times we don't understand that there's certain frequencies that we're not supposed to experience, that we're never meant to experience. And those frequencies are considered um, uh, very detrimental. Um, they are both detrimental to ourselves um, individually, but also to the environment. And our body is made up of the earth. It's, we, have the, we have earth, all the elementals of the earth in our system, the water, the bile, the blood, the bone, the earth, the wind, the air, you know, and the fire, which is what, is what heats our thermogenic system. So my work is defined by being able to connect with the elements, but as well as understand the psychology of the, of the mind and understanding the depths of how the brain works and the depths of how the emotions operate in this beautiful uh, synchronicity of, of connection, communication, and really synthesis, really creating a, a strong synthesis. And I think that a lot of times when people think about a shaman, they think drums and, and ayahuasca and iboga and any type of plant medicine that's going to be ingested and, and creating some psychosomatic response or some spiritual response that's going to lead them to this. And there are those shamans who do that. They're known as earth shamans, but I'm a spirit shaman. So a spirit shaman operates in the realm of the invisible. 
and we operate in the invisible becoming tangible and bringing and creating a bridge between the two so that it's not just that I'm doing healing on you. I'm actually teaching your cells, teaching your muscles, teaching your body how to understand healing so that whenever you get healing from anyone else or if you decide to use your own abilities, it becomes more pronounced and more powerful. Governors need to be governed. Police need to be policed. Teachers need to be taught. Do healers need to be healed? Through your work, you heal so many. Are there times when you need to be healed? Yes. Yeah, so I believe that anyone who is operating in the idea of service for humanity, there is a lot of resistance and a lot of um, energies that we do not see that we pick up on. So even if you are the greatest healer in the world, we all need healing. This whole planet needs healing. And in fact, to give you the, the true definition of healing, I will never be healed until every single person is healed. You know, there's the whole understanding is that, you know, one person once said to me, oh, I'm healed, I'm, I, I'm done, I've done it all, I did it all. I'm like, um, there's still people on the planet suffering. There's still animals suffering, nature is suffering. Um, until that ends, you're not healed because we're a part of everything. And so the way I look at it is I'm always in the process of healing and I'm always seeking more knowledge and wisdom to continue to learn from my brothers and sisters on the planet. I don't believe in hierarchy. I don't believe in you're the guru and you have it all figured out or you're the shaman and you have it all figured out. This is an act of humbleness and humbleness doesn't mean, you know, playing small. It means being open and available to all resources that are available. And I think if we as a species begin to understand that the resource development of healing, that be it allopathic or holistic, is an ever-changing process of evolution, the process of healing is endless. Because as we evolve, we're going through a state of healing. As we go through resistance, we're going through a state of healing. As we meet a different energy that is contrary to our own, we're going through a state of healing. And if we can understand that, then the process of healing doesn't have to be so painful and so difficult. It becomes a part of evolutionary process. You don't have a standard nine to five. In fact, nothing about your career is standard. I imagine, however, that life as a shaman has its own set of standards. What are the top three that you hold yourself to? So for me, I cannot be who I am if I don't have a, a ritual connection with my ancestors. You know, a lot of times, if we look back in the ancient times, there was a strong uh, connection to ancestry, but then we started to drift away from that connection. We stopped forgetting about the people who touched and inspired our lives. We stopped looking at the bloodline of ourselves and the people who have connected with us. And so for me, 
ancestry isn't just my family from my mom, my paternal and my maternal side. It means the ancestry of the trees, the ancestry of nature, the ancestry of other people, the ancestry of culture. And all of that is, a, for me, is a, is a connection of ritual. So every day I go and I sit down and I communicate with my ancestors. Every day, it's, a, it's an act of understanding how can I deliver a message or healing to someone in the most efficient way that is so easy that a child could do it? How do I simplify the spiritual context into something that anyone can understand where I don't have to go into all of these different parallels of thinking, but really give people their own power? How do I get a person to recognize the power they have in themselves? And how do I use my lexicon my body language, the way that I communicate, the way that I look at someone to demonstrate that the power in energy and high vibe frequency is always present. And then the other aspect is how much and how deep am I willing to go into the places of truth within myself? How much will I dive into the deepest, darkest regions of my own human experience and humanity's human experience from a place of love and acceptance, not from a place of um, looking at it as this horrible thing? Because I feel that in order for me to do what I do, if I see the waters dirty, and I focus on the waters being dirty and put my attention, because attention is an investment. Am I, what am I investing in, in my life? Am I going to invest that the waters are dirty or am I gonna invest that there are people waking up on the planet who are going to clean the waters and make them clean again? A lot of times people think that they're doing the service of humanity by focusing on all that is not well in humanity and then getting upset about it. It's one thing to get upset about it and then to create uh, uh, a, a model of change that you can actually actualize into a human experience where you can experience creating that change with other people and motivating and creating a movement. But it's another thing to sit and to focus on these things and draw your energy into them, which basically empowers them to become even more. And I think the access of human development and the way we think is so important. So I spend a lot of time getting involved in quantum physics, science, learning about the human mind, the constructs of the body, why human beings think this way. What is the unconscious versus the conscious versus the subconscious? How do we differentiate the understanding of duality on our planet versus synergy? What does it look like? How does it feel? All of these things are part of my go-to rituals every day that I spend thinking and processing to be able to be the best that I can be of service for humanity and for myself. When you aren't treating others, how do you treat yourself? Any guilty or non-guilty pleasures to share? I wouldn't say I have a guilty pleasure in the sense of I just do what I want to do. You know, for me, it's, it's doing art, it's uh, being a kid, it's, um, you know, catching up on shows. Uh, I love period piece shows, you know, where they, they it's, it's nice for me to watch period piece shows because I always like to sit sometimes with Marta and we'll watch a lot of period piece shows and then I'll be like, 
so that's your cousin and that's what you guys did and why did you guys do this and do you think that affected this you know like I, I i love to like go and look at like you know all these different shows and then know how it connects to my girlfriend and also i'm just i come from a, a very old school old way about me uh i'm very chivalrous i'm very about looking at human development and why human beings do the things they do. Why did we move from the 16th century? Why did we move from the dark ages? What, what, what were the different steps in our um, anthropology and our sociology? So I do a lot of that on my free time is like really study humanity. Like I love people watching. I can go to a bench and sit and watch people for hours. I watch their body language. I watch the way they blink when they talk and why do they blink two times versus three times? How many breaths did they take when they're saying this thing to this person? Um, how do they walk down the street? Do some people walk where they're looking head up or they're looking down? So these are my um, things that I do when I'm not being Shaman Durek is being this kind of like mad scientist meets a little boy, meets um, free spirit, meets you know, want to experience what human beings experience. Online, you empower people with the shaman school, the healing temple, and ancient wisdom today. Offline, right here, in right now. If there was just one piece of advice you could offer to empower those who feel powerless, what would that one thing be? Well, you know, this is a very good question because a lot of times people will say, and I hear it a lot, people will say, I feel, I don't feel power. I feel powerless. I don't feel empowered. There's no such thing. You cannot feel powerless. You can, you create the idea of powerless as a way to hide from the power that you already have. Now, giving you the understanding of that, let's just make it very simple. Take a person who says, I'm powerless. Are they really powerless? Or is it that they're disempowering themselves because of the way they're choosing to think? The expectations creates a lot of disempowerment. When people create expectations, they create an idea of what they want to happen instead of trusting that there is an intelligent wisdom inside of them that knows what needs to happen. So they go with what want, they want to happen and when it doesn't happen the way they want, don't want it, they start looking at something must be wrong with me. I must not be good enough. Maybe I'm not smart enough. Maybe I'm not lovable. Maybe I'm not this. All of these things have no factual evidence to back it up. It's all based on the idea of being accepted. So most human beings idea of powerless is the lack of acceptance and the lack of understanding that the acceptance that they seek from the outer world is really what they seek from themselves. It's the idea that you haven't made a decision on who you are. So you're letting other people tell you who you are. I always say, it's best that you know who you are before someone comes in and tells you something that they think you are and you start to live from that definition which has nothing to do with you. Most human suffering comes from malfunction in thinking. It's the ability to think against yourself. It means that you wake up in the morning and instead of thinking the highest, most powerful things about yourself, you think the most low vibrational things about yourself. You know, there's an interesting thing and I'll share this with you and this goes for everyone in the world the greatest gift that we've ever been given is consciousness 
It is the ability to think and the ability to choose. Now, the greatest understanding is what do you do with this greatest gift? You see, human beings focus more attention on the material possessions than they do understand that the most valuable possession you could ever have, the most extraordinary, most immense power that you could ever have is to be conscious. Now, what you do with it, it's up to you. Tune into our podcast, subscribe to our magazine, Find us and join us online. Visit IamAwareNow.com. We will no longer wait for permission to change the world. Together, we are Aware Now.